Boulay, Gourmet Rambling. I'm your host, Quasi Joe Blow. I always say I have a special guest or, you know, someone special to me, but this is my biological baby brother um, from the same mother. And uh, so what we're going to do is uh, talk about basketball and his journey and how he went. You know, we were kids and we played basketball all our lives. That was an important part of what we did and how we, you know, let off our steam or just searched ourselves but my brother he took it uh to college and to Embry Riddle and he set records and he had a ball. He really was down there balling on him. So what's going on man? This is Jeremiah Apple. What's good man? You alright? Yeah man, everything's good. Yeah man, yeah, everything's good my way, man. Uh just enjoying y'all man. And yeah, you know, man. y'all being up and you know, family and everything and having y'all up here, man. Well, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it is, man. I always enjoy being around y'all. So, with basketball, I remember as young, you know, as when it goes as far back that mom bought you a Fisher-Price rim and you would be dunking mm-hmm. on it and you wouldn't want to let it go. Like, you would jam on it and they would be like, get off the damn rim. You know, you go to break it. You wouldn't want to let it go, you know. So, yeah, yeah. give us a little bit of just talk about, you know, your journey with basketball. Probably the youngest you were when you realized, like, man, this is what I want to do. Man, um, man, I I can remember vividly, um, like the day, even the way it felt. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like kind of almost like that summer, like like fall, but it was in school time. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think I was, I think we moved a day when I was in the second grade. When we was, I was in. The I was grade. the fourth grade. Keith third. Yeah, you were second. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, Man, I just remember, you know, around that time, because, you know, we lived down the street from the high school corner white. Yeah. And uh, I remember you seeing, like, I was peeking through the glass. So, you know, I, like, I'm over here playing with, like, you know, like, toys or something like that. And yeah. I, and I, I, I remember you and Marquis started to pick, like, started to play. Yeah. And uh, I remember y'all just outside dribbling. So, in my mind, I'm like, man, I want to do that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just following the big brothers. And uh, I just remember going out there, just watching y'all do it, and I was just like kind of like fascinated by it in a sense. Like yeah. I just like it, it was like almost like a natural, like you know, like I gravitated towards it. Yeah. You know? And uh, I remember asking actually you specifically, it's like man, because you you was able to do everything before me and Marquise, like right, like so yeah. you were just dribbling between your legs and all that, and I'm like man, oh, I mean, can you, can you show me how to do it? Like, you know, and you looked at me and you said, uh, you was like, man, you become great at something when you learn how to do it yourself. And you just rolled the ball to me. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, and, and, and you know, and, but that was like a, it was like a challenge though. And then, you know, I not really known it when that happened. I was like, oh man, okay. And I remember going out there every day, like dribbling. Yeah. And, and Connor White sticks out to me because like people would walk from school yeah, yeah. And they would see me lose the ball all the time. Like, I'd be out there dribbling and just lose the ball. And I'm, like, running out there. And I remember this dude. Like, I, I remember yesterday he had a fro. This is probably, like, 96 or something. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, maybe 96, 97. And, you know, he was just they would just laugh at me every day. But it was like, yeah. but my love for it started then. Like, I just kept wanting to do it, like, every single day. Like, you know, we had the crate in the backyard. You yeah, know, that was man. the front yard. And, was it the had, front yard we had a tie? It was a tree right in the front yard, and we took a, we cut out the uh, yeah. bottom of the, the like. It was the, an orange crate. Like the little crates, yeah. like record crates or whatever. Yeah, cut yeah. it out the bottom, and we took some strings, and we string tied it to the yeah. tree. It was like a raggedy rim, but we got yeah. good off of that. We, we got good out, off of that, yeah. We played so much until the uh, grass died permanently. Yeah. It was just nothing but dust, so yeah. we was out there. We learned uh, to hit jumpers from afar, everything on those things. I know. It was, that's how I think we became pretty good shooters, man. Yeah. Like, you know, that was like my forte. And, uh, yeah, I remember then, you know, the introductory of going to the YMCA, right? And Yeah. You know what I mean? Going up there, like, you know, if, if people know us, we live down there. Yeah, yeah. So then we start playing down there, and then that's when I was like, okay. Like, I started playing against other people a little bit. Yeah. At a young age, so I'm like, all right, if I keep doing this, maybe I can be all right at this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, and then I, I think when it really kind of like stuck with me was um, I don't know if you remember that uh, camp we went to in Five Oaks with Ike Thornton. Yeah, that's when it kind of was like, all right, like because I 
as you start playing with a whole bunch of kids and you kind of start outlasting them, like, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I think we had like a, what do you call it, like knockoff or so. Oh, like it was like one-on-one. And then it's like I made it to the last group, and I never forget it. it was this big kid, man. I just couldn't do nothing with him because he backed me down the whole time. But when I lost, and then you know, just you know how I felt afterwards and all that, and, and how serious, you know, like I was like, you know, like it was one of those things. If if you're playing a game, right, like a video game, you lose, you just want to keep playing because you want to beat it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was like that for me. It's like I went home thinking about it, and that's when I was like, okay. And like with all these years, like from you know when we talked about me being in second grade to that point, then going to this camp, like when I was in the fourth grade, that's when it started dawning on me. Like, okay, yeah, I really like this. I'm gonna yeah. do this. You know what I mean? So I know I rambled on a little bit, but that was like no, probably no. like in that time frame, I was like, oh yeah, this I love playing basketball. Like this is my thing. Like you know. What I'm saying? Yeah, because we had ties to it in South Carolina when we would play with our grandfather. And we would play yeah. with him. And we were, like, just kids. Though. I was, like, maybe first, second grade. And mm -hmm. we were doing the double dribble basketball, dribbling, picking up, dribbling, picking up. You know, mm -hmm. we were – but, mm -hmm. you know, I know I really enjoyed it. But, I mean, we grew up in a pretty good era where we saw Michael Jordan play for mm -hmm. a while. We saw Allen Iverson, Kobe. Ray Allen. Ray Allen, yeah. KG at his, you know, when he's a younger age. And Scottie Pippen, I mean, you know. Like, you even want to go, like, John Stockton and then, like. Yeah. Like, so we, like, I remember that, too. I wasn't in the, I was in the basketball, but I, I wasn't. But I just remember watching MJ. Like, that was something that, like, 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 I was just fascinated by MJ at yeah. the time when we was in South Carolina. It was, like, 93, I think. Yeah. 94. And I just remember being fascinated by him. And like looking at his, like just the aura of him, like when he was just on the court, right? Like, yeah, he had an aura. And I was like, man, I wanted to be that. And then, funny story, I don't know if you remember this or not. I remember, <laughs> like, maybe I was like in, in like first grade or something. And I told mom, like, because I, I think that I watched him play like the Charlotte Hornets. Like, mm -hmm. had to be the Charlotte Hornets because it was on TV down there in South Carolina. And, uh, and I wanted to be like him so bad. I was like, mom, call me ball. And then she used to cut her mm -hmm. hair. So I'm like, Cut me ball, please. She was like, no. I'm like, please. <laughs> like, I'm like begging her. She was yeah. like, all right. And she cut me so low to where it almost looked like I was bald. But I felt like I had it. I'm like, man, I got it. I, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, Michael Jordan is me. I ain't him. Yeah, like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, And I went to school. I just remember getting clowned, though, man. But mm -hmm. I was just like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like this is what I, that's what I wanted to be like. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was inspiring, you know? Yeah. So I remember when we were uh, starting out, because, you know, I know I started wanting to get good at basketball, and it was kind of the same thing, being at Colonel White dribbling out in front of Colonel White dribbling the ball and losing it. Mm. You know, I was chubby, so I had to dribble around my little chubby stomach a little bit and go through all that. And the people would make fun of me, but, mm. like, it was like we kept at it. We went down to uh, the downtown Dayton YMCA, mm -hmm. and we almost kind of, like, waited. You know, mm -hmm. we sat there and watched them sideline, watched them good people, and we waited and we learned. Remember how we would dribble when they, when, you know, when they, you know, when they uh, time out or something, when they hit the ball stop, we hurry yeah. up, run, shoot the ball real quick, yeah, and then yeah, run yeah. to the side. You know, we just kind of watched. And then when I got in junior high, you were right, mainly really when I was about ninth grade, Keith was uh, eighth grade, and mm -hmm. then you were seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we start, you know, going in, like, you know, mm -hmm. we start, you know, really practicing, going with people. So by the time you were a freshman, I was a junior, and we were able to beat, like, grown men, mm -hmm. like, bad, I mean, high school players, some of the people that went to the NBA, we've beat them, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And we've been able to run game on them. So we got pretty good. I was, you know, a street ball player. You were the more organized one, but we really put in time. So do you think the time – that we put into playing basketball? Because I know we didn't have, you know, the best basketball programs in this. some of the schools, you know, the inner city school that we went to, Dayton Public right. Schools. But do you think that, because I know you played organized basketball, do you think that time when we were being like gladiators at the YMCA, do you think that contributed anything to your game stepping up? Because I know when you went to college, it was a whole nother world, a whole nother level of training. But what was it like, you know, did Because we played some good players like Steve Wright and them, mm -hmm. David Dees. Mm -hmm. I mean, just a couple of street play ball guys that was just on a street level that was just like mm -hmm. really good. Um, who was it? Uh, who was the dude from uh, Tommy uh, oh, Dunson? Yeah, man. I mean, 
I would say in my class, like from 04 to about 07, you've had six people, six or seven people that made it to the league. I mean, you're talking about from Kenny Hayes to Chris Wright to Derek, Daquan Cook to Derek Brown to, uh, I mean, even, you know, I know he's a little bit younger, he's a little bit after 07, but Juwan State and, I mean, Norris Cole yeah. to, uh, uh, I mean, guys that play overseas. I mean, if you want to go, like, you know, like Aaron Pogue or, like, I mean, it's, like, crazy amount of competition around that time when you think about it. Like, crazy amount of competition. Um, but to ask, answer your question, like, do you mean, like, like, do I think us playing at the Y? Like, so so what, what was your question? Do you think that was any stepping stone for you when you went to play, like, in college and everything? Oh, yeah. Do you think – the stuff that you know we went through trying to because we played you know it was organized ball but it was definitely street ball not like the and one stuff but it was aggressive it was hard you know yeah man i mean man like when i think about like the competition we used to play throughout the city right yeah just like at the y or just at i mean everybody came through the y when you think about it like the downtown y everybody it'd be like 60 deep in there some days people just lined up lost a game you weren't getting back on yeah and so, like, we had to create a name in a sense where it's like at first, well, who was that dude? Like, oh, man, like, you know, getting picked last to the one, like, yo, I got him first, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was, like, a motivating factor in my mind. It's like I want to be able to walk up and they're like, oh, man, Jay here, man. Yo, I got him. Now. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I definitely think it made us as far as competitive, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, but I would say that we it was very raw. We yeah, were, like it was, you know, the, but you know, think about it like this. I would, I, you know, you know, if it was people, like maybe when we play, especially when we was in high school, you know, how like Steph Curry be pulling up from everywhere on three. Yeah, I mean, we was doing that back when we were like at the wild. Like that was like the thing. Pull yeah. up, come down, two dribbles, pull up. You know, behind really you know, three, 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 four step, steps beyond the half yeah. court line, get in there. And that, yeah, yeah. That was like, that was either like, that was like at least my forte. But that, a yeah. lot of people was doing that back then. So like, you know, sometimes when I see like when Steph doing that, I'm like, yo, man, we were we were on that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean? Some people back then thought it was terrible basketball. Remember they be like, man, they all hit just shooting threes, but it, people was cashing out. Like, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm so, um, but yeah, I definitely say. That 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 began true like some competition like, you know what I mean like it made made you better like when you were playing at the wild or even going around the city and playing right at different parks and stuff like that man because Dayton uh, I don't know so much now but at least when we were in school um, it was a hotbed for talent. It was city, yeah. Man. If you think about it, I mean from Conan White they had players, Dunbar had players like, I mean. You, you, Metadale was decent from some standpoint. Travel was good. Like, you know, you even go out to, like, what's the call the G-Walk, like, Centerville, North Mile. They had players, man. Like, they had players. If man. they had better programs in our city, a lot of people, I think, way more would have went to the league or just played higher-level basketball because it was just people that were just just naturally just good at bat. It was crazy. Oh, you could yeah. jump, dunk, or rebound. You know, they just had, you know, no formal lessons or no even – not even a lot of practice with it, and they right. were just genuinely good at basketball. So I, I think, man, I, I tell you this, I didn't really realize, I, you know, I, and I'm sure we'll get to that, but I really didn't realize how raw I was until I got to Embry Riddle, like mm-hmm. how much, like, how you have to really think that the game ain't really, it's, it's not based off talent, it's based off mental, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, you got to have some talent, right? But you know, you're not gonna. You're not gonna outdo somebody just off talent because when you get to a certain level, everybody's good, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody could jump. Everybody's fast. Everybody, you know, they know how to play the game. It's yeah. not like high school where you might play a team and one person's good and then everybody's trash. You know, you might go to a college level where it's like everybody can put the ball in a hole. Yeah. Everybody can dribble. Everybody's quick, strong. So you gotta almost separate yourself from a mental aspect of the game. Yeah. To say, all right. You're just as quick as me. You're just as fast as me. Now I gotta outthink you, mm. and that was the different part from when I went from, you know, from from Medellin, playing in the streets, or, yeah, yeah, playing in the streets, to playing actual college, right? Like, you know, it was just it was a mental game, right? You know what I mean? And 
and it's not about who's more talented. It's like really at the end of the day, it's like who's gonna work harder and who's smarter. Like, yeah, I mean? and I think you were built to because you had a turbulent, you know, career, especially like when you were younger, like dealing with like Coach Taylor at Meadowdale and mm-hmm. how he treated you. Could you go into that and talk about? Because I know that it was crazy how. Everybody in the city knew you were, like, the best player on the team, and everybody in the city knew that you should be in. But the coach, he just had something personal against you, and he wouldn't yeah. put you in. I mean, you could hit three shots in a row. He'd take you out, sit you the rest of the game. So yeah. what was that like? Do you think going through that type of adversity and somebody, a grown-ass man toying with your career, like, do you think that gave you the persistence and the, the focus skill to be able to go? play at schools and play against other players and hold your, you know, hold your own? Yeah, man. I mean, I I went through a – so it's, it's interesting because, yeah, I mean, you remember, like, when I was young, like, fifth and sixth grade, I played for Athletes for Christ, right? It was Ike Thorne. We got a pretty good team. Yeah. And, you know, I was a pretty good player. Like, mm-hmm. I was even – I think at the time they ranked me in the state, I was, like, top ten at guard or something yeah. like that, top five at guard. So then when I went to middle school – you know, middle school, I did my thing, seventh grade and eighth grade. So I was kind of, I would say I was a, you know, middle school, I was a, a name, right? Yeah. Like, and then I never dealt. So the whole time, I'm always used to starting, used to being like the, you know, maybe, you know, the best player on the team, right? And doing my thing. And then when I went to, to Meadowdale, what was tough, you know, my freshman year, was that I never really had to deal with adversity in basketball. Yeah. But I like especially dealing with a coach. Like usually every coach I've had is always like like me. Yeah. Always not not like me, but they like my game. My game spoke for itself. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I never really had to deal with like almost favoritism and almost like you know what I mean? Like just being slighted. Yeah. I never dealt with that. So Going through that at Meadowdale was tough. Um, luckily, I had some people like, you know, like Coach Armstrong, you remember him? And yeah. Like, I mean, they've seen it. Like, I remember, like, Taylor, my freshman year, he would just, like like you said, I would, I'd be balling. He'd just take me out and wouldn't yeah. play me. So, I remember Armstrong was like, shoot, if you ain't going to use him, bring him up, like, to reserve. Like, I, and I remember I was a, a friend. He started me as a freshman. It was yeah. like, shoot. And I did all right. Like, you know what I mean? And, and I, he was just trying to build my confidence back up. My confidence was torn down, right? Yeah. You remember I quit my sophomore year. Yeah, because, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, like, so I play my freshman year on, on, on reserve. Taylor becomes the varsity coach now from a freshman to a varsity coach. Yeah. And then I just kind of seen it. I almost felt like I saw the writing on the wall a little bit. And I was like, man, I'm about to just quit and go to another school, in which I did. And, and I remember Armstrong called me, and he was like, you know, he was upset, you know, right? And just like kind of like, hey, man, like, you know, I know this, but we know your talent, man. Like, yeah. just, just believe in me and what I'm trying to do for you. And at the time, I was like, man, I just need to take a mental break. Right? I'm a young kid in high school, right? Like, just, I'm like, man, I just need a mental break because I never had an adult, like, treat me like that, right? Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say, like, what I went through, Metadale, I mean, I had to go through that transition because, you know, when I went to, uh, you know, after leaving Metadale and playing, like, you know, I went to Toledo. And I, I wasn't really like I was like that kind of through some terms through some camps I got invited to you know after mm-hmm. my senior year you know they kind of was like ah oh, man we'll you know see what you made up you know we'll bring you up but I really wasn't doing anything you know I was there for like a semester and left right yeah and then I was like back home going to Sinclair like you know which is that was interesting to itself um, because I was in school and playing basketball I tried to play for Sinclair I don't know if you even knew that. No, I remember when you tried to play for uh, Sinclair College. Yeah, man. So, like, I like I sent a taste. They knew of me a little bit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they tried to give me a shot. But then again, it was kind of like, you know, another adversity, right? Like, almost like kind of like Metadale. They was kind of like, well, you know, because I'm not a big guy. It, you know, it was funny. In my mind, I thought I was like 6'5". Mm-hmm. Like, I swear to you. Like, you know what you I mean? You jumped out the gym dunking on people. Yeah, I, that was. I think when I look back on that, that was all mental. Like, because in my mind, I'm thinking like, yo, I'm like 6'2". Six yeah. three, like I'm not five nine or five ten or five eleven. I'm like in my mind, I literally was like I'm six three, like yeah, and I could jump, like you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, and um, but Saint Clair. So, long story short, 
I'm like Sinclair. I went. I, I left Toledo, came back, going to Sinclair. I'm like talking to him, like, yeah, they let me come to their practice and everything. Come to the next season, you know, they uh, they pretty much played me. Dude, act like he didn't even know who I was. Mm. And I bring this full circle too. I don't know if you knew this. Um, so he acted like he didn't know who I was. So I'm like, dang. So then that's when I kind of like really kind of dropped out of Sinclair. Started working at, you know, like some factory places and stuff like that. And I was just like, you know, picking up little small time jobs here and then, you know. And then one day, um, you know, a mom, a mother was just kind of like, man, Jeremiah, you love playing basketball. Like, why don't you just try to, you know, work something out? Like, you know what I mean? You know. And then I don't know if you remember, I just kind of went on the grind about it. Like, I just started really working out and playing all the time. Like, yeah, you was in uh, those leagues and stuff yeah, and all and that, was, yeah. Yeah, I was in, like, a bunch of leagues. And, like, I was just – and then I started feeling like, man, I'm pretty – like, I shouldn't be playing, like, just in a league. I, I think I can go back to school. So, it's crazy how the energy works, right? So, like, when you start working out and stuff and, you know, even though you went through all this adversity, but you stick with it. And then all of a sudden, a friend of mine was like, man, you should go up to Edison, man. I'm trying to get this scholarship, right? And I'm just like, man, I don't really feel like going. Like, I got to work tomorrow. Like, he was just like, nah, man, just come on, man. I didn't need somebody to ride with me. So that's when we rode up to, with him to Edison. And I just, like, played out of my mind, right? But not really trying to get a scholarship, but kind of, but not really. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get noticed. And then right after that, that open general coach just walked up to me. He's like, hey, man, listen, man, I want to give you a full scholarship, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just straight out the bat. Like, I just want to give you a full scholarship, man, if you want to come here. Like, I think you do really well here. And I was like, man, he, yeah, right. He ain't for real. So dude just kept calling me. Like, I like I wouldn't, like, I didn't try to call him back. He just kept calling me throughout the week. Like, hey, man, I'm just following up with you, following up. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, all right, I'll do it. So then, you know, went up there. Mom took us, took me up there, and we talked to the AD or whatever, and then, Wound up signing, signing there and going there, right? And then that kind of started off on the, like, you know, the path of, you know, kind of getting down to NB Riddle, right? And you did really well down there. And what was interesting, you told me, is how you were down there at Edison Hooping and you bumped into Coach Taylor after he had shafted you all those the, that Yo, time at Meadowdale. Very me, random. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, that was very random. I remember, um, man, I was getting ready to play a game. Um, and I was like seeing him. I'm like, he kind of it's like Jeremiah. And I'm like, kind of look, and I'm like gonna like warming up. And I just hear Jeremiah, and it sounds familiar to me. And I'm like, man, who? And I look, and I'm like Taylor. He's like, hey man, how's it going, man? I see you, I see you playing, man. Like you know, he's just kind of going through the whole nine. I'm kind of like, yeah, man. I'm kind of looking at him, kind of in the sense like, you know what I mean? He was like, man, I, I kind of read about you, man. Like you like. You really doing your thing, like, and I'm like, yeah, you know, but I think, but one thing that's important, I had to learn to forgive him though, mm. like when I even first got to Edison though, because that was always like a black shadow for me, like, yeah, you know what I mean, because, you know, I, I I thought like I knew I was talented as a basketball player, and I felt like I was shunned, you know, in a sense, like I got a lot taken from me because. I, at the time, he controlled everything as far as my basketball career, like in high school, in a sense. Um, but but it, it, that was that was like closure when I saw him. Like it wasn't no malice feeling. I wasn't like, oh, I have to, you know. I approached him and was like, yeah, man, you know, talking to him, and and that was good closure for me. What did he tell you back in high school? You said something where you seen him, and you said you were too damn nice. Yeah, man, you know, and, he, and it was true to some sense. He said, Jemai, man, you're the most talented person I'll probably, like, coach. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and he was like, it's no secret that you may, you know, you're the, you're the most talented person on the team. But he was like, you're just too damn, he's like, you're too effing nice. Like, you know what I mean? And at the time, I'm like, man, what are you talking about, right? And, it, and in some sense, there's some truth to that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and if I would have been more of a, an aggressor and more of a, like, you know, like I was just kind of raw. Like, I, I, you know, after I started working with like Thornton, you know, I was just hooping. Like, I, I, yeah. you know, I didn't know about, like, you know what I'm saying, like how to turn it on and how to, like, you know what I'm yeah. saying, like, you know, or how to even take adversity in games. Somebody talking trash, don't get emotional about it. Show them up. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, you know, he, he has some truth to that, but, you know, which kind of led to, you know, 
more of my plan, you know, down the line in my plan career, um, that, you know, I need to be more aggressive and more like, you know, not physically or anything like that, but think mentally aggressive, yeah. right? And, you know what I mean? And, and really, like, be competitive, right? Um, you know, in that aspect. So, yeah. 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 So, transitioning into, you know, you you know, you were playing. Well, you know, we've been playing at the YMCA since we were kids, and you went to all these different training programs and or leagues, and then, you know, you get out of high school, you play at Edison for a year or two. So, yeah, two years. And then you go, uh, how does Embry-Riddle come about? Because the sad thing is, is our mom passed – in 2010 of December uh, from cancer. So right when she passed, you had to continue to play, and then you had to go down. You know, you had got the call from Embry-Riddle to come, you know, come down there and play. You know, what was it like? You know, mom was a big part of our lives. She was a big part of your life. She was a real big encourager for us and everything and a really big solid ground for, like, pushing us. And then right when you probably get, like, the opportunity of the lifetime she's not there so explain to us a little bit how you went from like you know you go to Edison you lose mom and then how do you end up getting to Embry-Riddle yeah man well that was you know Edison was an interesting experience um, both as a player and a person right Mm -hmm. you know it was you know, it was, that Edison was the first time I ever, you know, I got invited to play in a pro-am. So I played against professional basketball players. Like, yeah. I played in the NBA and overseas. Um, and mom took me to that, right? Yeah. And, you know, I just remember her telling me, like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, who they play for, right? It's, you know, I mean, it was people that was from Indiana University, Ohio State that was there. Uh, that People that played for the Sixers. Yeah. Dude, I played for the Cavaliers. I mean, Mo Williams was there. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me. Um, yeah. I mean, and I held my own. Like, that That was something to me when I was like, man, it's not a, it's not far-fetched, right? Um, You know, and, and mom was a big part of that, too. She was a big motivator, right? Yeah. You know, she was like, listen, if, you know, if you ever fight somebody bigger than you, they may beat you down, but they gonna remember. Like, yeah. you know, man, that dude gave me a fight, right? And she, yeah. she instilled that in us, you yeah. know. So to lose her during that time at Edison, man, it was very, uh, it was very it was emotional, emotional wreck. You know what I'm saying? Because I had to learn how to do everything without her. Like, you know, I remember when she was in Chicago, you know, going through the cancer stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was my birthday, and she tried to, you know, I tried to call her, but she was just kind of out of it. And, you know, and that was, like, in that transition stage. Like, you know, I kind of knew in the back of my mind. I'm like, man, that's, you know, I don't know how this whole cancer and death thing worked, but, like, I, I don't know if mom could come back from that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, me trying to play. But, I, you know, I went to another level, man. Like, you know, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy because the other day, you know, when you're packing up and moving, I started seeing some old stuff that I had from back then, like articles and stuff that was about me and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, man, I really tapped in, man. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like reading stuff. I'm like, man, 35, 42. Like, I mean, I was really dropping numbers. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it, it took me to a different place because, um, you know, at that time, you know, I almost quit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when mom passed away, I remember going to, I had my jersey and everything, like practice jerseys. I'm like, hand it to Cole. I'm like, man, mentally, I can't take it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you had a dream, right? About mom? Yeah, because when that happened, like I was quitting. He, he had my stuff. He said, man, I'll give you until tomorrow. Like, and come back and talk to me. Like, just think about it. He's like, you got a lot of good things going for you, but I don't want to press you to feel like you got to do this. You got to do it, right? So I went home later that night. And I, I went to sleep, and it was a big round table in my dream. And I remember I was walking in the room, kind of like, but what is this room, this kitchen? But it feels familiar. Somebody in here feels familiar. Mm-hmm. And I look at the table, it's mom sitting there, you know. And she's like, she's like, hey, come sit down. Let me talk to you for a second. And I'm like, sit down. And she's like, what's going on? Like, you all right? And I'm like, nah, man, like, you know, I'm kind of like, kind of in tears a little bit. I'm like, nah, I just don't know if I can do this. Like, you know, with you not being here. And like, I'm worried about my, you know, family, my brothers, and I'm worried about myself. I don't even know what this thing in life, I don't even got, I don't even, I haven't even, 
start to figure this whole thing out, right? And then she just kind of like, in that dream, she kind of told me like, you know, she was like, understand, I'm gonna be all right. Like, I'm all right. And that's what she kept saying, I'm all right, I'm all right. And she like, and guess what, you gonna be all right too. And I was like, I like, you're right, you know I am. And then she was like, yeah, I know you are. And she just got up from the table, pushed the chair in, and it was like a, uh, like a back, you know, it was like this kitchen, it was a back, like uh, a door where you walk out and went onto the patio, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so I could see her, and then she just kind of shut the door, and that, you know, that was it. And that really put me at peace, man, because I, I couldn't sleep like that. Like, man, I would be up, like, man, I'm in being up, like, probably 32 hours out of the day. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of fall asleep and wake up, and just kind of hoping it went away, you know what I'm saying? And and so me kind of, that kind of helped me get healed with that process a little mm -hmm. bit. Um but the way I got to Edison, so I got I was I got heavily recruited. I wish I would have kept it too, man. I had like these boxes, but I had like a bunch of letters in there. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because how people just approach you, like, hey, man, you got to get me over the hump, man. And, and so it was a real fun process. Yeah. So after healing from that, and I, you know, started to like make some noise and all that. Um, I started getting recruited and all that. So remember when I spoke about St. Clair, I was like, I'll bring it back full circle. So I got the call. I was at Georgetown University um, in Kentucky, mm -hmm. and uh, which is a really good, they're a really good Division II school. They're pretty much Division One. Like a lot of people from Division One schools go there, like, I mean, from yeah. all over Division One schools, they transfer in there. And uh, I really wasn't feeling it, though. I didn't really like the coach. He didn't give me a good vibe. And then I get this random call while I'm there because the guy was like, hey, man, you going to come down and sign the letter of intent? So I'm like, yeah, man, I'll be down there. And I'm kind of like, man, I ain't about to go down there. I kind of wanted to visit some other schools. but And I'm sitting on the bench. And while the guy went downstairs, I'm sitting, like, in the gym. And Marquise is with me. Marquise drove me down there. And um, I get this call from uh, from Florida, like a Florida number, 386. And I'm like, man, what is it, like a bill collector or something? Like, somebody, <laughs> like, that's what I thought. I'm like, why somebody calling me from Florida? Like, And it was Coach Ritter. Yeah, from Embry Riddle. Yeah, he called me like, "Who's the head coach from Embry Riddle, man?" I'm just calling, you know, seeing you, seeing your game, seeing your blah blah blah. I'm really interested. See, I'm gonna bring you down to visit the school and everything. So I'm like, "Cool, like, bad, like, all right, yeah, man, like, I'm, you know." And I remember because I really like like what he said on the phone, like, you know, what I mean, he even knew about mom. Mm. I don't know how he knew it. I knew about that, and. Uh, Cause he was on the phone, he was like, man, sorry about your mom, you know, Pastor, I heard about your mom, man. You know, I really think a lot of you for like, you know what I mean, taking that on and continue to play and all that. And I remember like, after I hung up, I was like, all right, kids, let's bounce. So, like, I didn't even go down there and talk to dude. Maybe that was messed up, but I'm like, man, I ain't really was messing with that guy like that. But, but, um, but yeah, that's how pretty much that started. But really, you know, what introduced, who introduced, who told that guy about me, really. He knew about me, but really like, like when he kind of did his homework and they went in like all for me because every time I play St. Clair I destroyed like I was like I'm going to rip like like man like <laughs> I'm talking about every time man because they they play and I didn't like that man every time and I got the dub every time like and they were like a really good team yeah. and I would just go off man like I would go like for 30 or something man I would just go off they had coach for St. Clair like talk to dude was like, man, look, you need to bring him down there. Like, you know, before his own players. It's like, man, you need to get that guy down there. He's like, Yeah. Ain't that crazy? Like it's just yeah. before a soccer, right? But I wound up going down there and and uh, you know, Embry Riddle and that was that was a great time, man. Like I I would say at thirty two years old and that was like more than eight years ago since I've been down there, seven, eight years ago, I would say that definitely like like even for today, like I, I gotta think like Embry-Riddle was like big time. Every yeah. Big time. So what'd you do? What was uh like down in Embry-Riddle like this, you know, so people can hear like what like, you know, I know you broke a record down there and you have that record right now for most three-pointers made. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. It was like seven for seven or something like that. Eight for eight. Yeah. So 100% behind the three-point line, man. Um, That was a record that I believe still holds down there. Yeah. Um, that nobody nobody accomplished through their time going through there, man. 
And that was pretty cool. I remember that. That was pretty cool. I remember you telling me about how you played against a lot of players down there. And you were like, man, these people are good. They're like, some of them might be better than me, but you were able to show them up. Like, what was that like? And what were you doing to be able to, you know, because I remember you said you were, your whole journey before you got to Embry-Riddle, you were sitting, like, mm-hmm. in the hood, you said, at uh, in, in Five Oaks and Dayton. And then you said, man, I want to get out of this. And, you know, I want to build something for myself. And you start making tapes, and that's where you, you know, you were talking to Sinclair. You went to Embry- Edison, and then, you know, it all led to Embry-Riddle. Yeah. How did it feel playing some of these people that were from, like, all over the world, you know, and they're good? I remember you thinking, one time you told me a guy, he was fast or something like that, or strong. Yeah, man, it was, like, yeah, man, like, you know, to kind of touch back on, like, I remember sitting on the porch in Five five Oaks. Yeah. And I was like, man, I I just, I want to just get out, like. And, and experience new things and, and play against people that, like, really, like, I'm like, that challenged me, right? You know, for where I had to figure it out. Even my teammates, man. My teammates, that some, it's a guy named Blake, man. He, he's from uh, California, man. He, mm-hmm. he was, like, a hell of a player, man. Yeah. And, like, he always used to say, like, man, you be hitting me with the handles. I'm like, man, I can't figure out his cross. I couldn't figure it out. Like, yeah. He had this little, like, lane, and he would, like, you know what I mean? That was exciting for me. You know what I mean? And and I had my trials and tribulations being down there, especially playing get some competition, right? You got to figure it out. It's not no, like, people, you know, it, it, Metadale prepared me for that, I would say, mm. because it was a lot of um, adversity, right? And you just got to figure it out. Nobody's not going to hold your hand and be like, look, tomorrow I'll be better. You have a better. You know, at the end of the day, they break it down your stats, it's like how efficient your plus and minus, like you know what I'm saying. And, yeah, you know, college is a different game, and and I know this was Division Two level, but basically it was a Division One school. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And the competition was, I mean, it was great, man. I mean, Matt, Raleigh Massimino was the coach in that conference. Mm-hmm. You know, Villanova, he coached them to a national championship. Mm. He's like, he's like heavily known, and he's like a legend in NCAA. Division yeah. One, right. And. Um, you know, getting to play against those guys, and I, you know, he take one game. He told me, uh, I hit a couple threes and made a couple buckets. And he was like, "Man, I, he was like, I ever hate you." Like as I'm <laughs> running down the court, like he just like, you know what I mean? It was cool to experience that, and to be around, you know. But the biggest thing that that NB Riddle taught me, I mean, basketball was great, but I mean it, that program really showed like. Like develop me as a man, though. Oh yeah. And you remember how much I changed, like yeah, even frame wise, how big yeah, I got. Yeah. But it changed me as a because it got held accountable, man. Like you know, um, you know, quick little story. I remember, you know, I mean, you know, Emerald to tell you, man. Like, like the schedule was crazy. Like, like you may have two days. I'm waking up at four in the morning going to work out. Yeah. And then I got to go back at 1 o'clock later that day and work out. Like, you know what I mean? I remember one time I showed up like five minutes early, man, because my alarm, I actually slept through my alarm or something happened. And I'm get there. And I'm like, everybody just now get on the court. But he seen me kind of like rushing and all that. He didn't say nothing the whole time. At the end of the practice, this dude lit me up, man. It was like, if you if you on time, you late. Like, and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I put a red shirt over you. And like, I mean... And at the time, I, for a little bit, I'm like, man, why is he tripping on me like that? Like, mm-hmm. at least I, I made it. Like, you know what I mean? I wasn't, like, here getting taped up. Like, you know what I mean? But I, I made it on the floor in time. You know, but what he was teaching me was, like, you know, and which carries into my, you know, what I do today, right? It's like, yeah. if you always expect that being good is okay, then you'll never make it. Yeah. You want to be great at what you're trying to do, right? And that you know you don't you don't accept mediocrity, right? Yeah. And he was like that, man. Like, like it was. I don't know it, it was good, man. I, I I honestly believe if mom was alive, she'd have been like, like I almost felt like she's over in heaven, and she was like, I'm handpicking him. Yeah. Like, like literally, like yeah. because I don't think anybody else like would have like, at least especially life after basketball would have pulled it out of me like that. Like you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. I, like I was around him, and I'm like, man, I want to be successful. Like I want to be like successful after this like you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. and i still talk to people from maybe real to this day man like it was a, it was a good atmosphere was really yeah good. so 
I mean, it's kind of switching it up. Your favorite player is LeBron mm-hmm. James, and so I know when he first came because we went. I remember we went to go see him play in the NBA and in high school. We were pretty mm-hmm. like amazed by him and stuff. So, mm-hmm. how much was he a a, a motor? Because you know, I was an Allen Iverson fan. He was mm-hmm. a person to me. I, I don't. Not even with the crossovers and the scoring and all that stuff. It was just mostly the toughness with him that really, like, got me. Like, he could just keep coming and coming mm-hmm. and coming. Like, And, you know, Michael Jordan is somebody else for me that is really, like, he had a will. I think Michael Jordan was skilled, but I think one thing he had more than skill was will. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Where you could just see, because I think if he had so much skill, he would have capped off. Mm-hmm. And he would. I just think more than anything, he had a will to surpass. You know what I'm a saying? Desire, yeah. Yeah. Desire to be great, yeah. And I learned from that, like, on the court, off the court. So, mm-hmm. like, what do you think, um, what was LeBron James, what did he, like, watching him play for all these years mm-hmm. and, like, you know, supporting him, what did he pass on to you as a ball player? Man, what's funny, you know, grandfather, Papa, man, he, uh, when he first told us, he was like, man, I hear about this high school player. And I'm like, the way he was saying, he was like, yeah, they say you're going to be the next MJ. I'm like, what is he, from, like, California? Like, no, he's from Ohio. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that threw me off. I'm like, from Ohio? Like, where? Like, And then it was just crazy at that time because people was like, warmer, like he was from Dayton or something like that. You remember that? Like, yeah. like he, he was like this myth, I felt like. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I was to ever talk to LeBron, I'd be like, man, dude, you were like a myth. Like, you were like some mythical like guy back then when we was in high school and when you yeah. was in high school. Like, you remember the buzz? Like, it was crazy, yeah. right? And it's never, LeBron is never about skill to me or like him like really being a basketball player, it, it so it was some reason for me, like I gravitate because you remember I was, I was like a big Ray Allen fan, I was mm-hmm. a big KG fan, like I just loved them too. But it was just like when he came along, I was like just like even in height when he was in high school, I just forgot about them. It's like I almost wanted to be like him, yeah. But like it wasn't from a a a, a, a talent or skill set. It was more so like. I don't know. It was just deeper than that to me. Um, but one thing I did take from him because I, I really like to, like his servant, like leader type play. Yeah, it's like I really took that from him. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, like not really knowing. Like you know what I mean? I like making a good play. Like you know what I'm saying? If I make a good play, like you know, taking a charge or. Or jumping off a, a nasty dime or something like that. I get more hyped at first in scoring, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And LeBron was just, but the biggest thing to me, and I think the reason, the really, the big reason why I gravitated towards him, because I felt like I could, like, he was familiar. Yeah. He was a Ohio boy. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's like, I can look at him and, like, be like, man, you, you kind of grew up like me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I didn't, we didn't know Michael Jordan. Yeah. And Michael Jordan was like, you know, Kobe was like, you know, we had no relation to them, right? Yeah. I honestly believe if LeBron probably was from like freaking like Texas or like New York or something, I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't have been as like a big of a fan. Yeah, yeah. But I just seen dude, I'm like, dude, you're like me. Like, you kinda talk like us. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The swag is a little bit like us. Like, you know what I mean? It's an Ohio thing and that's what made me like, oh man, like and at the time when I saw him, I saw myself like, Oh, I possibly can reach that. Like he's Yeah. Like like he's from Ohio, like, oh man, like I mean, think how many people came went to the NBA after him, right? Yeah. The only people we really heard about was like Ron Harper and maybe like Tyrone Hill. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that was from Ohio. But yeah, like, yeah. after him it was like, dang, like, you know, now you got C J McCollum, you got I mean you want know, to talk about like even like Noah's Cole, you had like you know who was some other big names? CJ McCollum, Noah's Cole. You had uh, I can't think of a name. You played for the Hornets. Daquan Cook went there. Well, Daquan Cook, right? Like you know what I mean. You have all these people that start coming after him, right? Because I think he they should do a documentary on that. Like I I promise you, I think after LeBron, like that circuit in Ohio, like really changed. Because I think the talent was always there. Like Steve Wright, come on, like but he just didn't have the media. Like, yeah, you know what I'm he was one of the nicest people I had I, ever, ever seen. Like that was some down. of the sexiest shit right. ever watching that man to get up and play ball like that. That was like that is some crazy shit. He's probably like out of all the people. Like I knew David Dees. Like I, yeah. I, I know I know Daquan Cook. I know Chris Wright. Like we're cool. Like you know what yeah. I'm saying. Like I ain't saying we friend, but we cool. I never met that dude, Steve Wright. But I would tell him like, dude, like he was yeah. another one when I saw him when y'all took me to the game. Yeah. 
And I was in the eighth grade. You was like, man, you want to see a real hooper? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, Psh. man, at the time, I'm thinking I'm hot stuff. I'm like, yo, man. And I remember going, y'all took me to the to the game, man. I think it was your sophomore year, Marquise freshman year. And I remember watching him. I'm like, man, he doing that was, this in high school? That was some of like, the craziest <laughs> stuff I had. I mean, like. Yeah, because we were really into basketball. Yeah. Like we were like nerds about it in a sense. Yeah. That's all we did. Yeah. And I was like watching him. Like my what? What the f- like? Who is this dude? What like, the? F- so yeah, that was some of the nasty though, man. Smooth too. Like, yeah. But I just think he just didn't have the publicity around him like that. Yeah, if YouTube he had to or be a, he iPhones, had, yeah, he would have had to be a top. I, to me, I'm like he had to be a top ten player in the country as a high school player. Back yeah, then. had to. But he just didn't have the. You know what I mean? I heard he liked to be, you know, he was a knucklehead a little bit too. Well, it, it, well, you know, his my bar, well, you know, my barber back in uh, day in Will, that's his uncle. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Will was telling me, but he, he said, but he still was like, he was nice, man. man. He was like, I mean, man, I'm like, yo, man, why this dude? He should have been in the league or something. He should have had. I mean? He like, was one of the nicest people I ever seen play basketball. Period. I still say I think. In my opinion, at least in our era, I thought he was the best. Like, yeah. out of Daquan Harder, man. I'm like, Steve Wright easily. Like, Steve Wright, was, he was cold, man. Yeah, he it was, was a blessing to watch him play. Yeah. I liked uh, Heath Ledger, too. Not Heath Ledger, Heath White. <laughs> yeah, Heath White was nice, too. He man. was nice. I think sometimes he's a little spotty sometimes, whatever. Like, he'd be all, yeah, like, yeah, he, he wasn't as consistent. But when he was on, that was some crazy stuff to watch him play like that. Nice. Like, yeah, so... There's so many nice people, man. That's that's one thing I realized. Like the game of basketball will open your eyes into life in general, right? Because you think there's a small pool of talent, and there's so many people out here talented. That's why I was like, talent, talent, and I learned this at NBA. Really, really, like the talent doesn't mean anything. It's about who worked the hardest, who's yeah. the smartest. Because you may not be as talented if you're smart with the game of basketball. Like think about Jason Kidd. He wasn't that talented. Like he was just a very smart basketball player. Like yeah. he was just smart. Like he knew how to make the right plays. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what I did really liked about Jason Kidd. He wasn't always trying to make plays. He mm-hmm. waited to make plays. You know, he made them when he knew it was like it was time to. For sure, because like you think of Baron Davis, more talented. Yeah, who's more of a Hall of Famer? Jason Kidd, Kidd and, yeah. And Jason Kidd, like you know what I'm saying. Like Baron Davis, more talented by far. Like yeah, but Jason Kidd, like you know what I'm saying. Same thing with uh, maybe Steve Nash too. Steve Nash was a good point guard. He he have all the athleticism and all that, but he would fry you because he was just smart. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's something I would want to teach my kids. Like learn the game. It's not about the talent. The talent to come, right? Yeah. But learn the game. Like learn learn why you know as far as how to utilize your bigs and all that and pick and rolls and like, you know what I mean, making the right pass when and where when you even the simple things as when you're a young kid, when the bounce pass and in the in the chest pass. Right? Yeah. You shouldn't chest pass be right. You know, if you come to the rim at full speed, right, you should be leading the pass to him, right? In most cases sometime, right? But but yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when you uh I know when you went, because, you know, you played in Embry-Riddle, and then, you know, you, you had a family after you got out of college and everything. And, like, you know, I know you said there's a lot of things you want to do, like start basketball programs. You mm-hmm. definitely want to work with people. I've always said to you that, like, you know, like I've always thought you were going to do something with basketball, and I thought it was going to be, like, beyond, like, even the court. I think you were going to shape the way the game went because you put a lot of work in. You played a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, a lot of good basketball players. Mm-hmm. A lot of good basketball with a lot of good basketball players. Mm-hmm. What do you, um, if you could have your way with it, and right now if you had any contract or any job or anything you could do as far as concerning basketball, what would you do? Man, you know, it's, it's a great question. Um, I thought about this a couple of days ago, man. I, I mean, I really would coach, man. I, mean, yeah. I think I think I would really. At what level? I mean, I would really enjoy high school, man. Um because I think that was a pivotal time in my life. Yeah. Dealing with the Taylor guy and stuff like that. And, and there's so many kids that confidence, man. Like, you know what I mean? Just really, you know, I think about Metadale, right? And, or this Dayton Public Schools in general, right? You know, 
we they wasn't especially back then. I know they're not now. They wasn't preparing kids to play to to go to college, especially as an athlete, right? It was just like, hey, play sports here, high school, and that's that's it. You know, and and one thing I would really love to do is really try to get kids to think differently. To be like, I mean, there's there's a life outside of here. Mm-hmm. You know, when we was in high school. I didn't think that, man. Man, being honest, I didn't. And I know it sounds cliche, but like, I didn't see my life after eighteen. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I just didn't like. I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna be doing the next year or two or three. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, and the counselors sucked. Like you they know what did, I'm saying? Yeah. Like they didn't really prepare you to go to college or they. You know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm like, the council really got free money. <laughs> they did. They didn't. I don't ever even know what the hell they did. Like, so, like, as a coach or even as an AD, I would like to be an AD, too, one day. You know, you challenge the kids. You, you, you challenge, you, you know, you develop a program, right, of where even if I'm bringing kids through this, I'm like, hey, listen, I mean, I get you to a Division One school. But I'm gonna try my my hardest to get you to a division two, even if you go to division three. But you're gonna go to school, right? And and you know you you're gonna have a life outside of the, you know out out a life different than where you came from. Cause that's one thing I can't I like I really am thankful for is like getting the experience of different cultures and the, you know getting the experience like things outside of what I was used to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, like. You know, like I, I be, I be honest. Like I, I'm prior and all through high school and all that. I never interact. I, I probably didn't interact with somebody outside my race. You know, probably, maybe Edison. I would say. Yeah. Time I was like 20 years old at the time. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's yeah. crazy when you think about it. Like when you really think about it. Like, man. And it wasn't my fault or anybody else's fault. It was just like, man, that's that's just what I was in. Like, yeah, we were in the hood. Yeah, that's all I knew. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like going like, uh, what do you call that? Like, uh, um, um, tubing. You ever heard of tubing? Like, like I remember I did it. It was like, man, we're gonna do tubing. I'm like, what the hell is? What is that? Right? <laughs> like, I was like, what is that? Right? And they put me on that little donut thing, and they start driving me around the bar. I'm like, man, this is fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm in my mind. I'm like, like a little, a big kid, but I'm like, man, I'm so used to just like, what do we do for fun? Like, getting chased around the neighborhood by dogs, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was savage. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was like that's something that I would want to really like. You know, that's a tall task. Do I really? I don't know if I really want to do that or not. Like, but man, to go to a school like that, like a Meadowdale or something like that, and be like. You know, get these kids to understand. Like, man, there's a life outside of this, man. Yeah. That you don't even know about. That you have you you haven't even scratched the surface of, man. And yeah. I ain't even scratched. I don't feel like the surface of. But it's like, man, I got to experience that down in Florida. And like doing like you know, I mean, just traveling all over Florida, man. Like and just meeting yeah. people, new people, and like experiencing new things, and like creating friends and lifelong experiences and friends, and you know what I mean, and. You know, I think about people that I knew back at, you know, just met it, which is like, man, they really didn't get the opportunity to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, but that would be something that, that you know, deeply, that would be like a dream of mine. It's just really to go back, work with kids and, you know, get them to understand, like, hey, there's a life outside of here. Help develop them as a player. Per- like, you know, like we talk student, person, player, right? You know, you're the student first and then you become the person, right? You're a great person, you're a servant leader, and then the player comes after that. Because once you handle the first two, the third, you know, the third aspect of that would just follow suit, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But you, you didn't get taught that when we was at Middle You didn't get taught, like, you know, it was just like, just play basketball. They didn't care if you had a, a point eight. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They just like, just play basketball. Like, you know, and, you know, you actually said, what was all that for, right? You know, and in some sense, the coach is really like, you know, really is a guide guide for you, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean. And if you got a coach that's putting you down or don't give a crap about you, you know how. And what if you're dealing with the same thing at home? Now you like should nobody like you don't know actually care about me. I'm just gonna go down the wrong path. You know. So you know, I don't. I was gonna ask you this before I wrapped it up. I was gonna ask, um, what advice? Because I'm thinking maybe it'd be what you already said. Like, would you give young kids? It would. Mm-hmm. Would it be that there's something after this, or you know, after the sport of uh, basketball, or just or whatever, mm-hmm. or 
what would you, advice would you give young children, especially young black kids, you know, from the hood trying to play ball and want to go somewhere with it? Man, practice early, practice often, practice always. Yeah. And, like, you know, just have fun playing the game. Right? Yeah. You know, I think that's where it was different for me when I stopped having fun. I was just thinking, like, oh, man, I'm going to make it to the NBA. And, like, it yeah. became, like, like as a young kid, like, you know, that's a lot of expectation you put on yourself, right? Yeah. You know, who knows? I don't know if I would have made it to the NBA or not. Who knows? Like, you know what I mean? A lot of dudes that made it to the NBA was like, sure, I didn't know I would be here, but I made But I, I just fell in love with the game, and it, it, it wasn't like it, – it wasn't like a – chore to practice it's like man it's a hobby it's something I want to do right fall in love with the process it's a difference when you're doing it just to be good and to or, but you're doing it to be like yo man I, I just I just love the process right yeah but then it carries over to other things in life you know what I'm saying like yeah, yeah. you know that's what, what I realized with me that was the difference I feel like you know I, I fell in love with the process not 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 the rewards that I was gonna get. I just love the process. Like yeah, the process yeah. was like, you know, fulfilling yeah. at some point, right? And I would just tell young, you know, just you know, kids, black kids in general, just like, you know, learn as much as you can, um, and 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 research as much as you can and practice as much as you can, right? Mm-hmm. And don't let adversity, a little bit of adversity to you know, make you feel like you're not good, right? Yeah. When you're dealing with adversity, you gotta you gotta have some type of you know you, you gotta be some type of good. Like if you got some adversity, right? Like because you know if you somebody you know we played with people that wasn't good at all, right? And they didn't really care. You know what I'm saying? But when you care and you really trying to be good, like you're gonna have adversity, man. Yeah, that's the only way you get better. Like you know, I think we talked about this a while back. You know you. And somebody I was telling you how good you are and all that, like, and 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 Ritter helped me with this, like, even with my job today. I'm like, tell me how bad I am. I don't want to know how good I am. Tell me how bad I am. So then, I know I need to get better. If you always tell me, start at, yeah, yeah. If you always tell me how good I am, I'm gonna be stagnant. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm thinking I'm all right. And then other people are gonna pass me up. I'd rather for you to be like, hey, listen, you know, that's where you always kept it a, a buck with me. Yeah, seventh grade. You ain't that good, man. What are you talking about? You doing spin moves like you're a big man. Like you know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, I believe it. We was in the house in the um, in the uh, in the TV room. Um, like you know how you come in the house and you walk to the living room and then you got the little sit, you know, entertainment room. I guess you say. But I mean, you told me that and I was just sitting. I'm like, hey man, like you know what I mean? Because you're like a hero to me. I'm like, hey man, you told me that for real. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, and like, and I think because I was getting a little like, yeah, man, shoot, man, I don't, you know what I mean? He was just like, man, you ain't that good, man. You know what I'm saying? You want to be I was a never, man yeah, it. I never was trying to put you down. I just never wanted you to uh, be stagnant. I just wanted man. you to know, like, yo, man, there's still more work to do. So. There's people out here working. Yeah, I will always remember. I will always yeah. say that, like, yo, why you sitting here chilling? Somebody out here putting the ball uh, in the hoop. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, so and that that was absolutely true, man. And. You know what I mean? But that would be my message to, to kids, man, like, of people, you know, that's trying to get good, you know what I mean, or just going through their thing with basketball because it's like a girlfriend, man, like, yeah, you know, you love her, then it's going to be times you hate it, like, you know what I'm saying? Because it <laughs> yeah. ain't going your way, man, but, you know, you stick with it, it'll be a reward after it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you, you know, taking out the time to talk too, with me. Man. I enjoyed this, man. Me too, man. Yeah. What you say? Nah, I just about to say, man, I probably was, you know, I know it's the the rambling show, man, but I probably was rambling a little bit too much. No, no, (laughs) no, it was good. No, I think it was real good, man. I think people needed to hear, your story needs to be heard from this perspective, man, so I enjoyed it. So we have to have you on again, man. And uh, yeah. like I tell everybody, we holler at you guys later. Yo, yo, I'm ballin', y'all should put a nigga on a box of Wheaties. Escape when I dip, just put me on a box of Wheaties. I'm flippin' for the go I'm putting you on a box of Wheaties. I hold a weight, these haters need me on a box of Wheaties. I think it, they should stick a nigga on a box of Wheaties. I'm running zero hundred, put me on a box of Wheaties. I pop off a ball, pop, put me on a box of Wheaties. I can't wear every day, y'all put them on a box of Wheaties. Gonna splash for eight and a half, feels Fellini. Back to back and had no time for dancing on the titty Leaving people with me like